As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. How do you reframe what's going on in your life and the stresses and pressures that are just a natural part of your day and learn to accept yourself and learn to be the best mom that you can be under those circumstances. Welcome to Mom's Calling. I want to start by talking about mindset how we think about our lives, our reaction to our kids, our spouses, and our jobs. It all comes down to that little voice in our heads, the dialogue that can lead to mom guilt, stress, comparison, and questioning. I hope this episode inspires you to think differently about your mindset and the way you treat yourself as a mother, a wife, a friend, an employee, and simply as a human. I was inspired to do that after this conversation with my guest, Sarah Kornblit. She is a social worker and the founder of The Thriving Working Mom. She's also a single mother to four kids under the age of 10. We talk about working mom guilt, managing your expectations as a mother, taking care of ourselves, and most importantly, changing our mindset so we can learn to overcome the pressure and guilt associated with all of the actions and decisions in parenting. We also talk about the importance of pursuing your goals as a mom, how that is actually a form of self-care. You'll also learn more about Sarah, her story, and all of her insights. Enjoy. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. And I'm so excited to be here. Well, you are a busy working mom of four and you're juggling a lot. So I want to start with background about you and how you made that transition to motherhood as a working mom back when you became a mother years ago. Yeah. I found out that I was pregnant with my first child on my first day of graduate school. Wow. And Yeah. So (laughs) I would say that my career as a social worker and my career as a mom, I guess, (laughs) have been so inextricably tied together, like literally first day of school, first day of knowing I'm pregnant. Yeah. I really transitioned into being a professional and into being a mother at the same time. I'm wondering what helped you during those early days, because I know, you know, for moms who are new moms, whatever stage they're at in their careers, it's really hard to get through those first years and then to do it again and again and again, you know, what helped you? Uh, was it just time and experience or was there something that you did that helped make motherhood a little easier? So very early on, 
I had to become okay with sending my kid to the babysitter and really rip off that guilt band-aid. Getting used to that really quickly made a huge difference to me. Yeah, I think that, well, the mom guilt started probably early for you because I'm sure it was hard, but getting past that, I think is a big hurdle. I know like my daughter was born during COVID and so she didn't go to childcare. So the fact that it's going to be later on, we're pushing it down the line later. And so it's hard. And I'm still thinking about that. How do you find that balance in knowing that I'm doing this thing for myself? I'm going to school. I'm building a career for myself as an individual but I'm also doing this for my child. I'm sending them. I have to be okay with that. So how do you find that balance in your head of this is the right thing? Cause I'm, I'm sure you question things as a mother early on too. Yeah, absolutely. I had such a passion for my career. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, I guess I need to make money. Let me do this. <laughs> no one says, I guess I need to make money. Let me be a social worker. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I knew that I needed to nurture that part of myself in order to be able to be present as a mother. And I just knew that about myself, that full-time motherhood was not for me. (laughs) I knew. Yeah. You saw the bigger picture. And I think it sounds like you knew yourself and you knew what balance and what kind of section of your life you wanted to dedicate to your motherhood and also to yourself. And I think that that's also the part of mom guilt. That's hard is acknowledging that you need to still be happy as a person. And that helps you be a good mother, right? Absolutely. And as we're speaking, I just was thinking like, how did I so early on have that mindset, right? Like sometimes it takes people a long time or like hearing that messaging over and over again. My mom is a high powered like physician in leadership in in hospitals. So she's my whole life worked 60 hours a week and is a phenomenal mother. And so I think I also grew up with this role model of somebody who's extremely passionate about her career and very dedicated to her career. And yet the time that she spent with us, with me and my sisters always felt like such quality time. And so seeing that modeled that, that you could be a, professional and be a good mom. I think that also must have played into why it was such a clear choice that I'm going to invest in my career. No, that makes total sense. I think that it might be hard to invest in yourself in the early days of parenting, but knowing that you're going to be this incredible role model who's following something that she's passionate about is really powerful. For the first six years of her career, Sarah had three more kids while working as a social worker in healthcare, supporting families through chronic illness, grief, depression, and anxiety. Because one of her children has special needs, Sarah needed flexibility away from the nine to five. So she transitioned to a private practice during a move cross country, and it was tough. It was definitely challenging. And, but interestingly, that is when I started getting really active on social media because I have so much that I want to share insights and ideas and things that I'm hopeful are helping other people. And so without any product or any, even without the private practice yet, I just got out there on LinkedIn actually. And I just started sharing and sharing and making videos and it was incredible. And it was a way to stay tapped in even when I wasn't actually employed as a social worker. 
I think that's so incredible. And especially now with the pandemic, you hear so many stories of moms who maybe are having that gap in their careers. I'm one of them. I had a gap in my career from the formal job, right? And then it leads to sort of innovation. And I think it's so incredible that you're able to reach out to so many more women and families online um, by doing that. So I'm wondering if you have any tips. I mean, there's a lot of moms who want to do that, but maybe don't know where to start. How did you start and go about it? and find people to actually engage with and help? So I really just cast a very broad net on LinkedIn. I wasn't just focusing on moms. I wasn't just focusing on um, any specific population. I ended up naturally just growing my audience, I guess, or my connections. I try to share different experiences that I've had or even just these different moments of my day in a way that, isn't like braggy (laughs) for lack of a better word and really just shows more of the struggle, which I think ended up being relatable to many people, not just moms. Mm -hmm. And so I really, at first my audience was just anyone who related to what I was speaking about. And then as time has passed, I ended up fine tuning my messaging and shifting it into more of something that is a career you really showed your vulnerability. You are an expert in the field because you are a therapist, you're a social worker, but you also show part of yourself. And I think that's what people really want to see is they want to see a human. And you know, you did this, you navigated your career, had four kids and you're helping others. Do you think that was the key to connecting and having people relate to you is show like, this is me, I'm giving you advice, but I'm human struggling as well the way I really grew my following was by being so open, but not open to a point that people were reaching out and saying, Hey, Sarah, are you okay? Right. It's, it's really about navigating that line where you're not like, Oh my God, my life sucks. And you're just like, I had a really stressful morning morning with carpool with my kids this morning. And I felt awful about it. Mm I share then my thought process. How did I work through that? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what did I learn from it? I want to tell you about a product I love. It is the Mule Baby Whiteboard, the easiest way for new parents and caregivers to coordinate baby care. You can log feedings, diaper changes, and sleep times. It is reusable. Just stick it to your fridge and start logging. There's also a twin version. Get 10% off your order on Amazon with the code MOMSCALLING. Enjoy. Okay, well, let's talk about some of these relatable things because you have a lot of really good insight on them. So first, the biggest thing I think as becoming a mom is you're juggling so much and there's a lot of stress. So can you talk a little bit about how to manage that stress throughout the day? And I think for moms, it's that mental load of you have pressure constantly. You constantly have a to-do list. So you know, how do you advise people to find a way to manage their stress? This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. <laughs> For whatever reason, when it comes to to-do lists and this feeling that there's this never-ending list and you're not staying on top of it, there also is that accompanying feeling of there must be something wrong with me that I'm not getting this stuff done. Or look at all these priorities and I only got to three of them and those two, like these are so important and they're not done. Like what's wrong with me? And recognizing that the nature of balancing a household being a mom, working or whatever, in whatever capacity you're working, it's not possible to get every single thing done that you'd like to do. And when you can embrace 
the inevitability of the fact that the to-do list will never be done, it's a much calmer experience. And it doesn't have like that shock factor every day. Like, oh no, I didn't do my stuff. It's okay. That's how it works. I'm just going to do my best. So don't beat yourself up about it. I think that's one of the things too, with the pressure is we feel like we are not as moms, we are not living up to this idea of, I need to have it all together. And that's another thing that you talked about. I think it was imposter parenting of feeling like we have to, especially with social media is feeling like we have to be this mom who has it all together. The kids lunch boxes in my diaper bag. I have all the toys, all the snacks. Like how do you get past that feeling of having to be perfect as a parent? I think that social media has made it really feel like to so many moms that every other mom has it together. You see these first day of school pictures where they have a cute little sign and that their kids look so good and fresh and they make taking pictures of their meal prep and they're this and they're that. And, and it feels like everyone's so on top of things, but as we all know, because we can all create that same social media image ourselves, it's not perfect for anyone. Mm-hmm. real life in real kids, it's messy, it's challenging. And we're going to be pushed to our limits. And sometimes we're not going to be able to handle what our kids are throwing at us or what our circumstances are throwing at us. And that's okay. When you can embrace that and you can embrace that we're not going to be perfect. Some days when I'm doing bedtime and my kids are running around and throwing things and I yell at them. Yeah, that was not ideal. And tomorrow's a new day. But imagine if I yell at my kids during bedtime and then I just start thinking about it. What's wrong with me? Why did I yell at my kids? I'm such a bad mom. Then it spirals me somewhere. Whereas I can say, yeah, I'm not too happy with how I handled that. It's just such a different way of looking at it where you can just accept that you're not going to be perfect. It frees you up to actually improve and be, be your best self. It's the mindset, right? You know, we're talking to ourselves in our mind all day. And so I'm wondering what are some tools that, you know, you tell other women that they can have for when they're having, because we all have these negative thoughts and beating ourselves up. So what are some tools and some things that, that we as moms can take in to feel better in those moments? Cause those low moments are, I think, unavoidable. Absolutely. Within the field of psychology and we call those kind of thoughts, automatic thoughts, I yell at my kids and this thought pops into my head. I'm a bad mom, but it's about, okay, that was my automatic thought. How am I going to respond to that automatic thought? Just because I thought it doesn't mean it's true. And it's almost like this internal dialogue. And for me, my favorite line, and that's, I say all the time, I am doing the best I can. That's how I respond to my automatic thoughts. It's coming up with something that, you know, on a deep level to be true. And you want to help your day-to-day self really internalize it. A mom may say, I know I'm a loving mom. I know that my children are my priority. Whatever those thoughts are that maybe in a challenging and stressful moment are harder to access, that's something that you want to hold on to and bring into those stressful moments because it's not some cheesy affirmation that doesn't make sense to you. It's something you personally deeply believe, whether it's, I know I love my children, or I know that my children are my top priority. Or like mine is, I know that I am doing the best I can. It's, it's really about repeating that and helping yourself believe it. I love that. And it almost doesn't matter what you say, but it's a mechanism to get you to a different mindset, right? 
Exactly. It, it's really the way I think about when do you need those things? Imagine something that you would say to someone else that you're seeking reassurance. Oh, you're talking to a friend. Oh, I'm such a bad mom. No, no, you're not. You're such a great mom. Those moments when you're thinking inside your, yourself, how do you give yourself the reassurance? Because it's really not a long-term solution to be seeking reassurances from other people. That's not the best way to achieve happiness or independence or security. You're going to then keep on relying on other people to tell you, no, you're a great mom. You're amazing. It's how do you turn into that person inside yourself? Yeah. I think that's so interesting because a lot of times as women, we are so warm and nurturing and supportive to our friends and to other women, but we're so hard on ourselves. So we have to give ourselves the same advice that we give our friends, right? Absolutely. And we, we also see our flaws more clearly than anyone else sees our flaws. And so because of that, we end up being so hard on ourselves, but we don't realize that Everyone sees their own flaws with that kind of sharp eye. We just are within ourselves and we have to learn how to love ourselves. Even when we think that we're really messing up or we really were quote unquote lazy or just didn't do good enough. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier in the moments that were the calm moments when we're by ourselves and those moments can be hard to find as a mom. How do you find those moments? How do you personally do it? So we can all get some ideas and inspiration of doing more self-care. Self-care. I love it. When I think about self-care as a mom, I think about reimagining self-care. We have to let go of thinking that self-care means a spa day or even a manicure or a vacation. When we hold on to these really fanciful images of self-care, then it's really hard to access and achieve those kind of moments, at least for me. And so when we see self-care as pockets in the day and moments here and there, and it's and really with an intention to focus on ourselves, it can make such a big difference. If I would take a 10 minute drive to go anywhere, do an errand, and I turn on the radio and sing along to music, or I spend time listening to a podcast, that is self-care. Mm -hmm. That is self-care. So many of us are doing these things throughout the day, and yet we're not being intentional about it. And so it doesn't feel like we're taking care of ourselves. I could be doing my New York Times crossword puzzle throughout the day, and just be thinking, oh, I'm stressed. I'm just going to do this right now. I, I can't do my stuff. I'm just going to do this. But instead I'm thinking, oh yes, I get to do my crossword puzzle. I love it. This is me taking a moment to just do something I love. And it's turning on the radio in the car and thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to sing along to this. This is great. I'm having fun. Or I am doing this in order to take care of myself and nurture myself. It's the intention that radically changes. You could watch three episodes of a show on Netflix and just feel like, oh my God, I just wasted that time. I just feel so blah and gross. Why did I do that? And with a different tension, you know what? I worked really hard today. I am going to just sit down and watch my favorite show or watch this show that I've been hearing about, watch a few episodes. I, I want to just enjoy myself. 
What a difference, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I was going to say, it doesn't look different from the outside. Like if somebody was watching a movie of you, you'd be doing the same thing, but it's all about your, your mindset again. And I think it all goes back to that. I really, really like that. I'm going to use that for sure. Social media is another big one. So many moms spend significant time on social media, right? Instagram, Facebook groups, Pinterest, and Instead of seeing it as, oh my goodness, I just wasted that time. How about seeing it as, oh, I'm, I'm in this Facebook group. This is, this is how I feel a sense of connection and support from other moms. Or I'm on Pinterest. I'm going to look at things that spark joy and, and then just make me feel good because you're doing it anyway. You're spending significant time on social media. Think about what elements of yourself are being nurtured. Yeah. So we're talking about having time and, and really filling your cup as a mom. So you obviously have to do things that make you feel peaceful and do the self-care. But what about when you want to dedicate some of your free time that you have to your goals and to either building your career more or building a side business or for you building your practice online as well? Um, what are your tips with that or how do you do it? Interestingly, it really connects back to the self-care and the nurturing of myself. This is me nurturing myself professionally. Mm -hmm. And when I focus on building my practice or building my business and creating resources for moms, or even posting on social media for my business, I am nurturing myself. And that mindset, rather than oh, this is the grind. I guess I got to do it to support my kids. It's just about that shift in mindset of, I have to do this anyway, right? Because I want to create this um, business that's going to support my kids without the nine to five. How can I enjoy it? Even if it's about building my website or creating an ad, how can I enjoy it? Yeah, I think that viewing it that way will make it so when you get up before your kids and you have a free hour, you want to do it rather than feeling like, oh, I really have to do this and grow my business, right? It's the way you think about it once again. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing because a lot of, maybe a lot of social workers might have the practice, but not all of them are trying to shift it online as well to reach more people. How have you been doing that in tandem and growing online and reaching this huge audience of women that you probably couldn't meet with one-on-one? I always knew that bigger picture, I wanted to work on a large scale and reach as many people as possible. Even I think probably from the beginning of my career, I knew that I was building my experience and my knowledge. And one day, whether that was going to be going around giving lots of trainings in the healthcare field, which is where I was, or how it's shifted now to online teaching as many women as possible, how to love themselves and work through stress and work through guilt. What you have done a lot of women can do in different careers as well. If you want to get on YouTube, you want to get on Instagram, you want to get in, like you did LinkedIn, I think is super interesting. I don't really know much about LinkedIn, but there's so many avenues to reach a broader audience and share your expertise. Definitely. What have you seen from women as what they want help with the most? So I've actually done some of my own market research with surveys to really understand my audience and understand what they want. One of the questions that comes to mind that I had on my survey was where do you feel the most pressure from? Is it work? Is it community? 
Is it family or is it internal? And internal was the number one source that the people experience pressure from. And so this was really useful for me in how I think about the support that I'm giving, because it's really then about mindset. Internal pressure is mindset. It's self-love, it's mindfulness. And that was very useful. And then the other question I'd asked is where do you feel the most area of guilt? And I ask at work, is it with your parenting? Is it with your family and or friendships? Parenting was the number one thing that working moms said they felt guilty about. And so once again, when it comes to guilt, it's really right back to the mindset stuff. It's about how do you reframe what's going on in your life and the stresses and pressures that are just a natural part of your day and learn to accept yourself and learn to be the best mom that you can be under those circumstances. Wow. That's so interesting. I mean, and just sitting here and thinking about the conversation we just had, it's all the mindset and parenting brings with it a lot of pressure and a lot of guilt, but I think we're all experiencing it together. Like we all go through the same things. And I think that's one of the beautiful things is whoever you are and wherever you live as a mom, you kind of feel those same things, but especially when you're working or working towards goals, it's tough. Absolutely. Okay. Well with that, I want to get to some kind of fun, quick questions here at the end. I want to know what is your nighttime routine? So you get all your kids to bed. How do you personally unwind as your night routine? That's a great question. I actually have one of my children, the one with special needs sleeps with me. And so I don't really have an unwinding nighttime routine because I put the other ones to sleep and then I have to run over to the other to her. And so for me, I have to find times to unwind throughout the day because I don't have that stretch of time where I could just watch a show, do something, you know, I I need to go to sleep when she does. So that's why for you, you find those pockets through the day and that's how you maintain that level of peace all day. So you don't really have to unwind as much. I just let myself do what I want to do throughout the day. And I don't beat myself up about non-productive hours or pockets of time because I know that I need that. And I'm not going to just be like, oh, my life is too stressful that I don't even take care of myself. No, I'm going to take control of that and not let that happen. That's great. As a mom, what are some of your favorite things? Are there any products or any gadgets that just make your life easier um, as a mom? Absolutely. Online grocery shopping changed my life. I am the happiest person when it comes to shopping now, because it used to be such a stressor for me to figure out when to fit in grocery shopping into my day. And now I just use the target two hour delivery that they have in my area. It's like a hundred dollars for the year to have that membership changed my life. It was such a big stress. And now I, I have that. It's amazing. That is an amazing one. I really, I'm into putting your money toward things that are going to make your life easier rather than buying extra things, buying time. And so I think that's a perfect example. I love that. Now I want to get to a fun little thing at the end here where my previous guest has a question for you. If you personally feel like the infant stage is harder than the toddler stage or is toddler stage harder? I definitely found the toddler stage to be the hardest when they're babies and they're just really content to sleep or sit there in a little bouncer. It's totally different than when they're 
constantly wanting to crawl around, touch stuff. It's like you have to run around after them, especially that stage where they're running around and they don't even really talk yet. And they're just like, you're just chasing them everywhere. That that's my experience with the toddlerhood. I found it very exhausting. And I found the, like I said, the newborn stage to be more peaceful, but I will say for my first child, I did not find the newborn stage to be peaceful. I found it very stressful, but once I had a toddler and then I had a newborn, the newborn stage seemed very peaceful. Yeah. I was going to say that first time around you're freaked out because you've never had a kid before. So, oh my goodness. Absolutely. I did not know how to relate to my first child. Oh my gosh. And that's a whole another podcast, I'm sure. And we could go on and on, I'm sure. But I want to just wrap up here with giving the audience a way that they can reach you. I know that you have so many great online resources. Absolutely. I'm really all over social media as the thriving working mom. I have a website and Instagram, Facebook. So really anywhere you can find me. Okay, perfect. Well, there's so many great tips that we just discussed and I'm really excited for everyone to hear them and and connect with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.